And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the court. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? D Murph. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. For those who've been rocking with me on both platforms, I told you he was coming back. Country boy, the Renaissance man. Host of multiple podcasts But in this particular case One Mike podcast Our history American history Black history podcast Coming to give us some More insight On black history Black history month And black history in sports So world Why not sports nation The avid listeners The first time listeners Help me welcome Country boy to why not sports man. What up? What up? What up? What's up, man? Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. I love it. I love it. You know, I've done the other platform a couple times, but man, it's feels special. <laughs> As people have said in the past, Murph, Mama, we made it or Mama, I made it. No, nah, man. No, nah, I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Like, Thank you, oh, man. man. Dope. No problem, man. Uh, one thing about why not sports. Especially with the man like yourself, family man, hard working man, and, and, and a brother out here telling his truth slash our truth. And why not have a platform for us, for us by us? A hashtag. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, 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 and this is what we do, though. You know, I've had other, you know, People, other cultures, other ethnicities bless the platform as well. The moral of this platform is to give us that platform because, like we talked about on previous episodes, uh, especially on the flagrant two, that right. when we go to work and just our everyday life, do we really have that voice? Do we really have that support to where when we speak, is it just in deaf's ear going one ear out the other, or are people actually? Absorbing and, and, and benefiting from what you know what we do present and bring. So no man, I, I appreciate you. Like I told you, you've been a, a supporter, a big supporter of the brand, whether it's behind the scenes or outwardly, you know, on social media with the sharing and the um, reposting of the shows. But um, this particular episode, world, before Country Boy, just bless us, just. Buckle your seatbelt, and this is going to be a ride. Um, <laughs> you know, um, Black History Month, for some, people get nervous. People get scared. People have said, uh, try not to make people feel inferior or uncomfortable. And that's not our goal. Our goal is just to shine some light on some things. But Country Boy... Before we start, man, how you been, brother? I know it's been a few weeks since we last connected, man. But you know, in our world, a few weeks can seem like a, some months or even years. 
<laughs> man, especially in the podcasting world, you know, we age yeah. quicker. <laughs> yes, sir. One hundred. Um, it's been great, man. I can't, I can't complain. You know, been grinding like, like you, at grinding at work. Um, yeah. and it's tough. It's tough because, um, I just started my new season and. To get your name out there, to get the word out. I mean, I've been I've been doing a lot of podcasting interviews. I'm putting out a lot of content. Almost every single day, I'm creating something so that people can have something to grab onto. You're not. I'm not just promoting my episodes, but I'm promoting you know Black History facts. Did you know when I'm posting this stuff, it's not just like Hey, Harriet Tubman was born today. It's like yeah. Harriet Tubman was born today, and get the other facts, get all yeah. this other information. So. It's it's constantly you know getting out here and creating things and add that to me trying to work a full time gig and it's, it could be it could be a lot it could be a lot but I like it I enjoy it especially when you have a passion for it it doesn't really feel like work when you enjoy it when you enjoy what you're doing yes sir yes sir yes indeed and I'm gonna tell you this world the last what few weeks or so I can honestly attest to that because we've been getting up earlier to make sure we give y'all this heat because we do have lives and wives <laughs> right right <laughs> that uh that that not won't say demand but that enjoys our presence well country boy i'm gonna get started man i know this has been something that i know the listeners and people just Outside of this podcast community Have been Asking about, yearning about Is kind of the history Behind black history And I kind of have some Some things and definitely add to it And I haven't even spoke on this ever In in my platform Black history Was What I read was going to be Black history week Right. Some even say Black History Day Depending on the source And now obviously it's Black History Month um, Some of the again, word I'm kind of paraphrasing it And bunching it up to how <laughs> I understood it Now this man yeah. that, uh, On the other end will actually break it down And, and, and deliver it to you um, On a nice Plate With nice Everything around it Me, I'm just going to give you just like I said I'm just ugh Put it out there um, They were saying how Frederick Douglass And Abraham Lincoln Birthdays were in February And those were two mm-hmm. people that they wanted to uh, Highlight For uh, this great month um, But the person that I believe That doesn't get That much I won't say recognition But people don't talk about a lot Is Carter Woodson you know, he was the one that again, this is what yeah. I read from a few sources. Yeah. He actually yeah. envisioned or had the vision behind the support of black history, whether it was a day, a week, or a month. Just what do you, what have you read uh, or, or what is your understanding on the, the birth of black history now month? Um, so yeah, you was you were actually surprisingly on the right track. You were doing very well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Carter G. Woodson, um, Negro History Week was his brainchild. He started, uh, he, his name or nickname is the 
the father of black history. So the the idea of celebrating, you know, studying black history, this was his brainchild during a time period when it really wasn't a thing that we, you know, we didn't look back. We'll look back on what? But the idea that you could then look back on what you've accomplished and then see where you're going, this was his idea. So in 1926, um, he he had already created an organization. I uh, it man, the name of the thing escapes me, but it's it was something like Association. That's it. Association for like Negro uh history and life, something to that effect. Anyway, him and his organization had an idea for Negro History Week. Negro History Week was supposed to be the second week in February to celebrate uh Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass's birthdays because black people were already having celebrations those those weeks mm-hmm. because of course Frederick Douglass was the uh, leader of African Americans at least civil rights wise mm-hmm. up until 1895 when he passed away and of course Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and that's the whole nother kick to boodle <laughs> but we were celebrating both yeah, of them cats yeah yeah um <laughs> and so the idea from him and this is, and I feel like this is really important for, for us even today. The idea from him is that we would take this day and not and could not really celebrate two great men, but celebrate black people as a whole. I want you to celebrate all of us and all of our accomplishments and the things that we've done on a as a people, as opposed to just focusing on singular individuals and singular celebrations. And he also wanted to kind of move away from the celebrations from the parties and move more towards like the study and learning about our history and focus more and and from the very beginning it was it was it was a success he was doing very well they were having black history and black negro history month week celebrations every single every single year it was a it was a big thing um anyway fast forward 1970 kent state university kent state university was the first uh place in the nation where they started celebrating Black History Month that they expanded to a month and they also changed the verbiage a little bit. It doesn't sound as <laughs> you know, Nigger History Week is a, is, is kind of like, ooh, okay. Um, so in actual, and what's funny about it is it wasn't celebrated in February. It was still in February, but it was like uh, mid-January to about mid-February so it would end around about the time that Negro History Week, you know, uh, uh, would originally around the time it would end around the same time. Anyway, Kent State they started celebrating the first Negro History Month, and then in, in the, during the bicentennial, Gerald Ford then made Negro Black History Month a officially recognized by the federal government. He basically said that we need to celebrate the accomplishments of these great individuals talking about us. And then from there, we've been celebrating Black History Month ever since. It's been a thing. <laughs> Bicentennial world. Right. That's what, if you don't know. That's what that was big when we was coming to Bicentennial, 1976. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and if you think about it, people are like, hey, why do we celebrate Black History Month? It ain't even been that long. <laughs> it ain't been that long, man. That's facts. So like that's facts. So, some of us, that's just one generation. We were born. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. real. That's real. No, that's good. And I got that one list on like Murph. We like Country Boy. Murph. 
when you start talking that talk, Murph, about history and historic <laughs> things, Murph, that's not you. You're usually, you know, up to date. Hey, y'all, every once in a while, every once in a while, you know, as a host, try to keep you on your ears and, and, and what you listen to <laughs> on a consistent right. basis. <laughs> as I said, uh, I gave you a shout out as well, saying that uh, we're renaissance men. And I ran with that, especially for, you know, this year, 2022. It's just like, man, you just you can comfortably, you know, talk about anything and everything to where, you know, uh, I think that's just not in that, you know, box. I think that's a a real I think it's a real skill is your ability to be able to, um, you know, transform hats or talk to people on whatever they're interested in. And I'm not just talking about code switching because I know that we all can do that. (laughs) But I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about people with different interests, yep. you know, constantly different. Because when I'm talking about history to my wife, and her eyes roll back into the back of her head, she's mm-hmm. like, "I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it." So you kind of have to give people what they're interested in, and and ho- and hopefully maybe they can learn something. And then even with history, there are some things that people are interested in. Like so, every day. I don't have to give her history, but if she's interested in Emmett Till, I can certainly give you that story if you yeah. if you want to know more. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I think it's, it's always learning opportunities for for that, but it's also just meeting people at what they're interested in. When I talk to my brother, who I don't talk to much because he don't <laughs> he don't he only wants to talk about video games, but I know when I talk to him that we're gonna have to talk about video games because this is what you're interested in. Right. And having that pursuit, and that ability, that's you know, it's a skill, it's a superpower. Superpower yeah, like Spider Man. Yes, sir. I see. <laughs> and I appreciate that too, man, because I was um, you know, just doing some reflection. I wrote to 500. It's getting closer and closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's man, awesome. Man, I appreciate it. And, and, and just kind of going back of going back and thinking of the different guests from 2016 here up into 2022. And we've had some international guests. We've had, yeah, you know, whether you're a celebrity, entertainer, everyday folk, you know, I like I consider myself, you know, people might put me in another you know, pedestal now, but, <laughs> you know, men, women, children, like it really doesn't right. matter. If you're here, you have something to share, at least on my platform to where, like you said, I'm sure you can get something from it that maybe right. you didn't, you know, know or uh, understood before. Right, right, right. Yes, sir. I know um, I don't hit on this subject much when it comes to sports with baseball. The Negro League, Negro League comes to mind. Um, I used to love their jerseys growing up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think they yeah. make them like they used to when we was coming up. You had you a Negro League jersey. You were that dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling my age, telling my age. Um. Give us your perspective, man, on the impact of the Negro League. You know, it's funny because, um, and it's the same way with Jack with, with Jack Johnson, but um, Clinton versus Ferguson verdict had a, a huge impact, not just on people's social life, but on sports because it meant that they created separate championships separate you know uh, uh boxing titles separate leagues for blacks and whites so uh and after Pleasant versus ferguson there was almost no 
um black people playing in the major leagues and mm-hmm. and early on during that time most black teams were barnstorming there was no league they were just going around playing whoever was paying yeah. or whoever like hey oh today we're going to be in chattanooga and tomorrow we'll be in cincinnati playing you know some random team there was no league um that was until Rube Foster came along. I think in 1920, he created the um, National Negro League. 1920, 1926, somewhere around in there. Anyway, we will say the 20s. Yeah, I'm about to say the early <laughs> 20s created, for sure. Yeah, the early 20s. He created the Negro National League, and it was the first time that a Negro League was created, put together. Now, granted, what's funny about the Negro Leagues is that what people don't understand is it wasn't ever just one league or one iteration that the one the league that Rube Foster created would dissolve and show up again with, with the same name but completely different owners it was not this continuous line it was a a attempt and fail and attempt and fail and we're barely hanging on and trying to make this thing work so during the second iteration is when you get the Satchel Pages and the Josh Gibsons and the golden era of all of these amazing negro league players who played who are are household names to us but they never really ever got their due so someone like such a page while he did end up playing in the majors he was in his 40s you never got to see the, they never got to see prime. the real Satchel right, page in his right, prime right, right. and and Josh Gibson never played because he he died wow way before integration i think it was in the early maybe late 30s early 40s that he passed away because he had cancer he had, um so those guys never got to see but the fact that there's a platform that, that even existed for them to even that we could even still talk about them because they could have they could have had nothing mm-hmm. like so that platform form for the negro leagues and even if they didn't play in the major leagues the fact that it now was officially recognized by the major leagues, people like people like um, Satchel Page was able to make it into the Hall of Fame, the Major League Hall of Fame, and then they rec- officially recognized those stats. I think that's amazing. I think it's yes. a, it's a credit to the talent level and what they were able what they were able to accomplish, you know. And we talked about this a bit off camera about about Jackie Robinson, and I know Jackie Robinson was celebrated, but they didn't like. The Negro Leagues didn't like Jackie Robinson, not for lack of trying. When he played for the Kansas City Monarchs, they were they attempted because he it wasn't a done it wasn't a done deal that he was going to the major leagues. Yeah. He he played at UCLA. He played football. He ended up playing in the Negro Leagues because he was a multi talented guy. Yes, he, he was. just happened to be a uh, be able to, to play baseball at a pretty high level, but it yeah. wasn't a sport that he went to school for. Yeah, you know. And when he played for the Kansas City Monarchs, he didn't really, he didn't really like it. He thought the facilities were trash, and that he was better than this. That I'm, that I'm better than this. Um, so when the guys would reach out to him and try to connect to him, he was like, "Nah, I ain't gonna be here long. Don't even." <laughs> <laughs> I get don't even it. This. Yeah, <laughs> I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the interesting things about I did a short story on on Jackie Robinson is that. They were looking at you know Don Newcomb, the Dodgers, Don Newcomb, him, and Roy Campanella, and they felt like all of them would be a good fit. And all of them did end up playing in major leagues. And I think Roy Campanella played for the Dodgers. Now I'm not like, like a baseball historian, mm-hmm. but 
I briefly looked into it anyway. And one of the reasons why uh, Branch Rickey chose Jackie Robinson is because he felt like he would be, um, he was the oldest and he had the best, he had been in the military and he had some incidents, some run-ins with the military police and their racial issues. And he felt like that life that he's led would make him a great candidate. This is before he ever talked to him because they did their research on him for years to see whether or not who would be the right guy for racial for baseball integration because that guy had to be perfect he had to be perfect because if he wasn't you weren't going to get another shot at this and so when i interviewed him you know branch ricky like he called every name in the book he got all up in his face matter of fact there's a movie on it um that is played by jackie robinson it's called the jackie robinson story and the account that of that incident in the Jackie Robinson story from I think it's from the fifties, is like almost one for one for what actually happened. Mm-hmm. The people who were there verified it. This is pretty That's much facts. exactly what yeah. happened during this. And he got up in his face, and right after that interview, Branch Ricky said, "I knew this was the right guy." Jackie Robinson was like, "This was the worst experience I've ever had in my life." <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> so yeah, not long after that, they integrated baseball. Uh, I, I remember them mentioning they thought it was a plant um, that he was there to make black black baseball look terrible because if you was going to do it you would have gotten someone better but if you get someone like Satchel Page, Satchel Page didn't answer to nobody Satchel Page didn't answer to nobody he got fired from the Negro Leagues multiple times he left and went to and lived in, in Dominican Republic and Mexico and was like his life. oh we got yeah. a contract forget what you talking about i'm out and yeah, that yeah. you can't he he was a wild style you can't cage that guy that kind of not for the first guy he could be the ninth but he can't be the first guy <laughs> the first guy right <laughs> so they picked a the guy who had even temperament he might not have been the best player but he was the the best person for the best time right now <laughs> sound like a job interview you it might, does sound like a job interview like it does you, why not sports? You talk about the good, bad, and the ugly of sports and how it impacts your everyday life. That is a great example. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. This person qualified, but their personality doesn't match. Like you yeah. said, they can be a wild stallion. Or this person is too yeah. calm or too tempered. We need somebody that's a little more. Yeah. Like, it just depends on the personnel yeah. and what their yeah. vision is for that particular position. And, and, and like I said, the other guys they ended, they look we're looking into, they eventually did bring them up to the mm-hmm. major leagues. At Roy Campanella and Don Newcomb all made it to the majors. They just weren't the first. They weren't Jackie Robinson. Yeah. You know, who honestly, if it would have been me, I wouldn't have wanted to be him. Because the beam, the beam, the laser beam of yeah. hatred that were placed yes. on him every single day. Nah, man, that's that's a lot. That's a burden to carry. That's a huge burden to carry. Yeah. You had to find somebody who wanted that, who, who yeah. looked for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's one of the reasons why the older I get, the less I complain. Yes, yes. You know what? And what's funny about uh, about integration of baseball? Not to, not to, not to. You know, shit. No, you good, brother? But you're good. one of the interesting things about integration of baseball is it's very similar to the um civil rights movement of civil rights act of 1964 and into the fact that it basically killed 
black baseball. So the Civil Rights Act of 1964 basically killed black only businesses. Businesses where they only catered to black. There are there were several black resorts, only black only resorts, where you would go and because of the the, the climate. You could go and have a great time, be around your people. They would give you services. I did an episode on one. I um, I did an episode on one in particular who I can't remember the name off the top of my head, uh, but it was called Black Eden. It's in um, it was in Michigan. <clears throat> anyway, I got your back. R- go ahead. Right after the Civil Rights Act, nineteen sixty four, it's like it's like cutting off your water hose, man, because mm. the whole world got opened up to black people. It's like why go to the same black only resort that I had been to every single year when the yeah. entire world just opened up for me? And this was the same way with the Negro Leagues. The Negro Leagues got integrated. Uh, uh, baseball got integrated in 1947. By 1948, the Negro National League had folded because it messed up their ability to compete. Branch Rickey put a clause in Jackie Robinson's contract that basically said that he didn't owe the Kansas City Monarchs any compensation, neither the Dodgers or or Jackie Robinson. And that meant that we could I could poach players from the from the Negro Leagues and give them nothing in return. So they just constantly losing talent. And you can't even blame the players for leaving because, you know, once again, brighter pastures have just opened up. Why? Yeah. Why would I stay here? I just got yeah. my call. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But their ability to, to, to compete as a business enterprise was severely injured. Same way, same way black businesses were done. When, when when the world opened up and you're like, hey, come back to Black Eden. And they're like, nah, man, I can go anywhere. And I can go to Florida. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I go to right. the beach. I go to the White Beach. I ain't never been to the White Beach before. That sucks. Yes, sir. It sucks. Because um, on the flip side of that, uh, um, those white patrons, they weren't looking back. They weren't looking to come to Black Eden. Mm-hmm. You know? They weren't looking to go to Negro League, Negro League games. The guy I came here to see, he playing for my team now. He playing for the Dodgers now. That's what I'm here to see Jackie Robinson. Why would I go see the Kansas City Monarchs when Jackie Robinson playing for the Dodgers now? You know? So it the fans left. The the patrons did the patrons left because that favorite player was now playing in the major leagues and it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. It's a part that's the part of it that people don't remember. It's that it's it's all the businesses and the and the and the that were lost and injured with yeah. with integration through integration. And that's similar to the NBA too, when they went from ABA to NBA. Yeah. It it it, it destroyed their ability to compete. Yep. Yep. And then after a while to generally understand it. I like to generally understand it for um well, speak it so my first-time listeners or the very new sports heads will understand it. Basically, hey, this more money here. We can give you that exposure. Come. We really need what right. you have. Whatever you need, we can. It's like HBCUs from PWIs. Right. It's, it's right. very similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was able to get Neil, that That Neils in Jackson State, they. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and that's a game changer. I, I would love yeah. to uh, connect with Deion Sanders on the HBCU. I just kind of want I to get some correlations. To. Of yeah, I love to pick his brain on a 
like you know where do you think of the future of sports is going and and things like that because i think he saw something that we didn't see i didn't see i didn't see i was like you want to jackson state because you know my, my wife went to a she went to a&t right and and the way she views A&T is like, we the cream of the crowd. We the best of the best. There's nobody better. You know what I'm saying? So the view of I had, I had a Jackson and no disrespect to anybody who went to Jackson, but it's a little tiny school in a little tiny place in Mississippi. I don't know why you would ever go there. So when he said he was going to Jackson State, I was like, word? <laughs> why? <laughs> but he saw, he saw something that we didn't see and he knew. He knew I can do something here. I can create something. I can build something here. And, I, and, and now that he's like, Moving, I get it. I was like, "That's oh, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be amazing." He about to build his resources. <laughs> he's been exposed to the higher market. He's been exposed to the people mm -hmm. with the money, with the quote unquote power. And mm -hmm. if you want us or our kids or our talents, the time is now. Yeah, you I'm gonna tell you mean? so. I follow him on, on IG, and and when he talks about those kids, you could tell he he really believes in them. And he's constantly fighting for him, and not just his kids, but HBCU kids in general. I remember he had to talk about um, the, the names on the back of their jerseys. He was like, "Why you got a name on the back of jersey? How much does that cost?" You know what I'm saying? Don't you you don't think their parents, their mama in the stands don't want to see their baby name on the back of their jerseys? I was like, "That's a little thing. That stuff matters." Mm -hmm. As somebody who used to play, that stuff matters. We we care. <laughs> and not just play, one of the best to ever do it, right? <laughs> right. So when he speak, you listening. You listening. Like Dion might have been, man. He did, he the greatest corner I've ever seen play. He's probably like <laughs> like athletic ability, oh. probably top five best athletes I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, so when somebody like that says something, oh he's like, er, I will Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Now I went back to your website and got that information on the where's black Eden. Your description was, uh, and I'm going to read it, and you can add to it. Black Eden mm -hmm. was a town of Idlewell, Michigan, from 1912 yep. through the mid-1960s. Idlewell had an active year-round community and was visited by black entertainers and musicians from all over the country. At its peak, it was one of the most popular resorts in the Midwest, and as many as 25,000 would come to Idlewell in the height of the summer season. Yeah, they did, man. Idlewild was amazing. It was one of those places that if you were an entertainer at its height, if you was an entertainer, you had to come. Like you made it part. So it's like Black circle. Hollywood. It was like they called it like Black Atlantic City or Black okay. Las Vegas. Okay. So That's where good. it was, you were expected to be here. So like you know when people doing the Chitlin Circuit. This was on that chicken circuit tour because this these were the people were. And gotcha. it wasn't just a black thing because the people who created the resort, it was right next to a white resort that, that they couldn't go to. But they would come <laughs> right, over right, right, right. <laughs> to Black Eaton to hear, you know, the comedians. I can't remember the guys off the top of my head, but we're just gonna, you know, comedians of the day who were popular during that time, or you know, artists of the day who were popular at that time. Who were making the rounds? They were there. Your favorite, your favorite artist from the early, from the from the mid '60s. He was at Idlewild because he had to be there because that's the people were there. You know, we had twenty five thousand people. This was a captive audience, 
and you could go from club to club man now it's just the fields and a couple of ramshackle buildings mm. but there was a time man where this was this was the place to be in the, in the middle of michigan mm. <laughs> And that's interesting. I love what I do. Like you said, kind of a sidebar. Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. Come on, Detroit and Idaho. I mean, it's in the same state, so I can only imagine. And <laughs> that was their selling point. That's the great thing about it is that uh, the way it was started was Motown. Is, um, so a pair of white developers came and bought this area because they saw that there was a a, me, a, a need for a place for middle class African Americans to go, a place where they could go and and vacation and be unfettered, you know. And so when they came here, the vision that they had, they was like, "Oh, this is great." But soon, they had a couple permanent residences, and the, the, the permanent residences are the ones who really pushed this place. Like, "Oh yeah, you had a vision, but we about to make it dope." So the white developers had a vision, but the, the black people that stayed there are the ones that made it great. They're the ones that were constantly pushing, hey, you need to come here. Hey, you need to buy this lot. You need to see, you need to see what, we're, what we're building here. So while in the summer, they had up to 25,000 visitors. During the year, it was residents. People living there constantly. At its height, man, it was, you know, uh, you know, people talk about Black Wall Street, but this had some black wall streetness to it it had full businesses several businesses dry cleaners a post office and we're talking about a place that was into the 1960s that was you know off season all black during the during the, the summer months when it had vacationers and there were some white patrons there but for the vast majority it was a it was an all black all black resort where you could come lay your head down and it wasn't that far maybe like a couple hours away from detroit and that was that Damn. selling point is that you're not that far away from your job you could come here for a weekend hang out let your hair down and then go back to be back on work on monday and that yeah. that was great <laughs> idle wild michigan i'm gonna do more research on that as, as well you say it's not yeah. even and close to being the same huh no no you can't i, I looked at it now and it's a bunch of just ramshackle buildings. They did secure a grant to try to, um, for the Idlewild, um, God, Historical Society, that's the name of it. And they're gonna try to at least uh, build, rebuild some of the building or give you an idea what things used to look like gotcha. so that you can come and tour and view it. Cause this, I mean, in my mind, it's a historical site. And, and, and you know, let's not get it twisted. It wasn't the only black resort. There were others. Right, right, it's right, just right. one of the more, popular at the time i think there was a place in florida sandy springs florida something like that that also had a black resort very similar to that where you could come and unfettered you know green book stuff there you go <laughs> green I book it. stuff <laughs> i love it i got them listeners like merv country boy thank you i'm, I'm saying hey thank you i'm saying it for that listener that's maybe thinking it or saying it you just can't hear so on behalf of the why not sports nation Thank you. And that's not to say we're leaving or ending the show now. We still have a couple more things to hit on, but this is good, man. This is definitely good. Um, when we talk about sports, and it's another sport I typically don't hit on as much, is boxing. You know, it's, we got the Joe Lewis's. We got, obviously, you know, Muhammad Ali and, and Joe Frazier and, and Sugar Ray right. Leonard, you know what I mean, and other men of color black you know boxers 
heavy uh, Mike Tyson. Okay, I gotta include him because we grew up you know, obviously watching Mike. Yeah, that's my guy. What is your take on the history of boxing? Of, of when it comes to us is, is black history. You know, and we talked about you know, we talked about Jack Johnson on um the last time we spoke. Yep. And you know, yep. he's yep. one of my he's one of my all time favorites because of course he was the first first black heavyweight champion of the world and when he won in nineteen oh nine, I mean it basically started a riot. They were up they were upset. And and initially when he won the colored uh, heavyweight championship and he was like accosting the white champions to try to get them to like, hey, fight me. Yeah. And they were like, nah, nah, we not I'll integrate like, they everything felt- else. Integrate. <laughs> yeah, <this>. yeah. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, yo, fight me. And they were like, yeah. we're not. I'm not going to to lower the standard of the white race to fight yeah. to fight a colored man. They were really upset yeah. about this idea. Anyway. He finally got him to fight after the guy asked for some purse that was obscene. It was like $30,000 in 1906, which is unheard of. Nobody had ever made that kind of money. But they gave him what he wanted to, and then he got in the ring with Jack Johnson, and he beat him like he stole something. <laughs> he beat him like he stole something. They ended up, it was, he beat him, and I think this was Tommy Burns. He beat Tommy Burns so bad that the police stopped the fight. The police. <laughs> the police. Yes, not the, the police referee. Stop the fight. No, not the, the trainer. Police. Okay. <laughs> the police okay. stop the fight sure. because one, they didn't want Tommy Burns to get beat anymore, and two, they thought they were gonna start a riot because the people, the the crowd there was like really like, hey, cause what is happening here, mm-hmm. you know? And then on his off time, Jack Johnson was just being himself, just like say something. I wish you would say something. <laughs> Set your page. Me. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically the exact same way, and and that's the part you did that that is put with, with these heroes is that a lot of them were like at a time when they wanted black people to be meek and wanted you to be quiet and you know, I'm sorry, sir. They will hold their head up high with their fur coat on in my in my in my car. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Some of them, some of them might have that white woman, which was like, ooh, ooh. People the got lynched for less than that. Disrespect. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. People got lynched for less than that, but hey, yeah. you know, Jack Johnson, that that kind of bravado that it changed black people's way of thinking. They had never seen a black person like that. You know, it 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 really really changed their way of thinking. The only the only way only time you got a similar like that from the masses is veterans coming back for World War One, World War Two. They had the uniforms on. I fought for my country. I died for my country. You come back. They had that similar bravado. Of course, they weren't Jack Johnson. They weren't the heavyweight champion of the world, but they, they had a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. And and that all of that kind of together, that this is the sort of thing that leads to the civil rights movement, to the leads to the point we're not, hey, we're not doing this no more. That whole meek, can my head down, I'm sorry, sort of stuff, that's out the window. And that's the reason why I love Jack Johnson so much. And then this is, and it kind of leads us a bit into somebody like uh, Muhammad Ali, because Muhammad Ali is almost like a culmination of that, mm-hmm. like you're talking about. So, Jack Johnson crawled so Muhammad Ali could get out here and run, <laughs> run right, with right, that right, joint, right, right. <laughs> and run with that joint. And he and 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 one of the great things about Muhammad, I mean, everybody knows about this record, but and we talked about this once again the last time. But yeah. um, 
the sacrifice he made after getting drafted, you know, he was only 25 when he got drafted. He got, and originally, because I, and I didn't know he was dyslexic, but Muhammad Ali was dyslexic. So originally he was disqualified from being drafted, but excuse me, the military changed uh, their standards. They lowered their standards for who could be drafted. And he went from somebody that most likely wouldn't have been drafted to an A1 applicant, which was like, ready. He he ready. Come get him. So he, uh, 1966, 67, he finds out that he's going to get drafted. The United States was like, yo, you need to come to Louisville and do this. And he's like, he had a press conference. He was like, um, the, the brown people over there never done anything to me. They never called me a nigga. They never called me, never said nothing bad to me. Why would I go over there and kill them for whatever agenda that you got going on? And right after that press conference, he got banned from almost every major boxing association. He was basically banned from the sport at a time when um, he was at a height. He was 25 years old. He was 25 years old. He went and had press conferences and even spoke to Martin Luther King. And while Martin Luther King and Muhammad Ali didn't see eye to eye because he felt like um, the black Muslim rhetoric was a little radical, <laughs> a little radical, but he 100% agreed with him on the idea that of not joining the draft like why should we do this and this is one of once again one of the things that people don't understand about Martin King is they co-opted on Martin King's sound and talk and now all Martin Luther King is kumbaya let's all hold hands and that's not the kind of person that he was like yeah he was a champion for um you know for people and for the the, the disadvantage but he also spoke out about the Vietnam War you know, and he also was very, very harsh about the idea that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965 cost him nothing. It cost you nothing, but to to the the um, to help the underprivileged, that fight to help the underprivileged, that that means actual spending money to bring people up. That's not that's not easy. And this this is one thing that gets him shot. Anyway, back to Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. 1967, he talks to to Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King had a press conference. They take pictures together. He's like, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. He spent the next three years, he didn't fight again in 1970. The only reason that he was able to fight is because his his fight went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court basically ruled that the United States government had not done a good enough job explaining why he had been selected for the draft. It was basically a technicality. They could have just continued to ban this dude. You know what I'm saying? And that that fight for your convictions, you don't see that very much from people because people, especially modern modern athletes, they have a lot to lose. Like like that idea of of Kaepernick, and even now with Brian Flores, mm. where he's suing the NFL, that of uh, that thought that hey, I am going to bite the hands that feed me, and, I, and I'm not just going to bite it. I'm going to try to take it off. <laughs> that 100. is is equally admirable and terrifying. I see what you're doing. I commend it, but you probably will never coach again. And the fact that you're willing to give that up for what you believe in is is beautiful. It's wonderful. I love mm-hmm. it. 
I love it. Muhammad Ali did it, and now guys like Kaepernick and Brian Flores are continuing that fight to what, what they believe in. I'm not a fact, and I don't know what's gonna happen with the Brian Flores thing, but I got a feeling he gonna he gonna kick in the door on some nasty stuff. He about to open the closet and, ho and whole skeletons getting ready to come right out at that thing. Cause I, I know I know they I know this it's some foul stuff happening. We all know it. We see it. You see Eric be, be enemy. He been sitting here on the sidelines being just being great. While while these teams hire the special teams coach from the Patriots. Come on, bro. Like nothing against special teams coaches. No nothing championships. Not close to the impact of like you said, Eric Benemy from the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, their offensive coordinator, and constantly get Pat Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. That's what I'm saying. Byron Leftwich got the pedigree. Like you could say, hey, Benemy's not calling the plays, but Leftwich. He's in them trenches. He was calling the plays. He tailored his offense around Tom Brady's Tom Brady's strength, and they were out there uh, 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 and playing very, very well. You cannot tell me that he is not equally as talented as any of these coaches that you've hired right now. There's no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. And, and to that point, Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy is is in a, interviewing with the Saints, and Leftwich is just like. I don't even don't even put me in that mess no more. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, the only black NFL head coach as of right now in February of 2022. That's why it sucks because the the bar which black coaches are uh, uh, held to is so much higher than everybody else. You have a guy once again like Brian Flores, who was an extremely competent coach, who won. Over 500 for both seasons, he was with the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, and then in <clears throat> the, which is not an easy team to win with, <laughs> right? Only to come and get and come and get fired. Basically, the idea is if you're not Mike Tomlin as a black coach, if you're not never had a losing season in 15 years type of coach as a black guy, you can't, you yeah, ain't gonna make it. That's you're not gonna make it. That leash for is sure. like super short. Get out of here, yeah, get out of here, you know. I mean, the fact that Anthony Lynn or, or uh, uh, Vance Joseph or, or any of these guys that used to be coaches and then now get, they got fired and they never get another shot while Doug Peterson constantly gets shots while Adam Gates constantly keeps getting shots. Nah, cuz that don't sit right with my spirit. <laughs> yeah. Hugh Jackson starting to speak up now. You know, he used to coach the Cleveland yeah. Browns. Yeah. You know, uh... and I didn't think. I never thought. Um that Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis spoke out a little bit because he mentioned that when he when he interviewed for the Panthers job uh, back when Foxy got it, he said that he he's like Carolina Panthers want to interview you. He was like, "Yo, I heard Foxy already got the job, and I already did to get the job. They're gonna announce it on Friday." And he goes hmm. back and he's like, "He's like, nah, it's all good. They want to interview you. It's all good." He goes down, talks to Jerry Richardson, all that, blah 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 blah. blah, blah. He goes to the interview. Friday, Carolina Panthers announced that Fox, <laughs> that John Fox got the job. And I'm like, come on, cuz. Like, what we doing? Like, it, I mean, I, I know I see the, the, the heart behind the Rooney Rule, but there it feels go. to me, it feels to me that you're just checking off boxes. Hey, oh, we need to get a black guy in here. Boop. Check that box off. Get Marvin Lewis. He's, he's, <laughs> he'll, he'll do it. He'll do it. <laughs> you know, but you just said country boy. Like with, with Muhammad Ali going to the Supreme Court, they didn't have enough evidence. So for that check mark of that box, it's kind of like, well, we've did everything we supposed to, right? Why and that's we in all you want to do? That is all you want. That's all they want to do 
is check off these boxes and 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 legally absolve themselves like hey we say we're going to do this now don't say nothing to me and that come on that don't, same thing in the real like world that. come on big it dog. is the same thing in the real world it Man. is the same it's exactly like how many cool. of us in position it's not that many and it gets to the point where i can see why these kids enjoy you know the TikToks and and the gig economies and basically making their own way like like us as older people we look at that gig economy and we look at like you want to be a youtuber why would you ever want to do that but that freedom ain't no boss i'm my boss that that freedom of not having to to deal with your politics and 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 to make my own way in this world that stuff is wonderful and yeah. and that's somebody who you know is now kind of you know later in my life you know i ain't, I ain't ancient but no, i'm not I no kid it. no more and as somebody who's who i feel like i'm building something that maybe one day will, will will pay my bills i get it i get it i see what you're doing here and it's it's beautiful and i and i, I don't want to crush ever crush that dream like you know I, while i don't want to watch you play minecraft on youtube <laughs> <laughs> right if if you have the platform and the audience and people want to watch you do that yo by all means by all means call your own shots you know as uh freddie gidge would say you know i got the money to not have to answer no calls no questions Man. if i don't want to do it i don't i don't do it yeah. and that's that's that this is what we want this is what we all want you know black black white and this is why bring us all back around this is why we talk about black history is american history that this is the sort of stuff that we're talking about your ability to 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 persevere and to to build your own you know this is america's apple pie when people are like hey why do you promote black history one because black history is constantly being cut out of american history and then acting like it doesn't exist so i have to focus a light on it but what i ultimately what i want is for you to integrate black history and american history because you our stories are synonymous you know it in, in, in my eyes uh, uh, you know, African Americans are as artists as, as American as anybody. You could, you can't. Like, I don't understand how you can try to cut us out because this this country was built on our backs. This culture was this country was built on our back. Our, our country, our fight, like World War One, World War Two. African Americans, Du Bois told them to stand shoulder to shoulder with our with our brethren and fight for democracy. And we went out there and 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 fought and died in both world 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 worlds for democracy how do you cut black people's struggle out of american history we american is apple pie <laughs> that's good and somewhere in that bloodline you got some never mind let me stop let me stop <laughs> yeah right 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 and you know what's funny because you about to i was about to talk about you know freddie gibbs and and, and his quote wasn't really that it was way more crass yeah, yeah, and no, i was like yeah, i forgot yeah. the platform i was on yeah i forgot yeah, the no, platform no, no, hey. <laughs> I, I, you saw I, I had a disclaimer. I said, "World, yeah, this is yeah. hey, this is yeah." You know, I wasn't going to curse. Show. I was going to like, "Nah, we're not going to curse." I got the, <laughs> I got the heart, the heart of the idea. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I know we, well, I potentially might have cut off the Muhammad Ali story as you was talking about him in boxing. Did you want to add to it before uh, the last topic I had? Oh no, just to say. <laughs> 1970, he um, he got back in the ring, and then right after that, he fought Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier, which I think he lost, but he was right back on that national stage after three 
years of his career wasted in his prime going from 19 to 25 to 28 that's a that's a long time you you imagine you know somebody like lebron or michael jordan losing three full seasons of their career and they're completely healthy the entire time for for their convictions for what they believe in nah yeah. man nobody's willing to make that sacrifice anymore yeah. absolutely not that's good. That's good. The listeners like, okay, Murph, you going back? Cause yeah, Murph tends <laughs> tend to cut people off, country boys. So thank <laughs> nah, you nah, for nah, being nah, patient, nah, man. <laughs> it was good. I actually like, you know, I like conversations. That, like, yes, sir. Hey, doing this. Yeah, I, I'll steer you back, as my pops will say. Bring me back, D. Bring me back. I got you, man. I got you. As a host, I know what the listeners were. They was again. They were holding on. Like, man, what else he have to say about Muhammad Ali? And also with Muhammad Ali, who, um has kids and yeah. you know Layla Miss Layla Ali slash uh, Conway gotta give a shout out to uh, Curtis Conway her husband I, I I would love to connect with her all I need is 10 oh, minutes yeah. that's it yeah that's it it's man. a little bit of your time I would love that's to pick it. her brain man I know I love she got some brain. stories I know she do that was her father yeah you know man I'm not, not off topic, not off, not really off topic, but kind of off sports. I would love to pick Angela Davis's brain. Yes, just off because I did a, I did a, I, I have a plan on doing a story on her, but I did a short story on her on like how her come to fame, and I just want to know, like, just want to know your history from her. Like, mm-hmm. I want to talk to her about that, about yeah. that stuff, because I, that's what, this is what I love about about history is people who lived it who were in it who were in the middle of it like sometimes i talked to my dad and i did an episode on the black panthers and he's like oh yeah man the black panthers came to our college one day during a party i was like what <laughs> like that stuff like it don't it don't seem real to someone says oh yeah this happened to me mm-hmm. this is very similar to what you were talking about or mm-hmm. or i remember it being exactly the way you described it yeah. when i went through it that's yeah. that stuff i love it so to listen, to listen to her and talk about her father and and the kind of person that he was i'm talking about muhammad ali mm-hmm. like oh man that would be so amazing that would be so amazing <laughs> and having platforms that we have like i was saying the older i get the less i complain also i want to go back to pioneers or trailblazers of their particular you know genre to where hey you know I just love to, like you said, just kind of just be a fly on the wall, just absorbing and soaking yeah. in all that information, yeah. man. And yeah, I told a story, um, I believe it was Tam's show, how just listening to my grandmother and just sitting there, just yeah. soaking it all in, you know what I mean? And now with us having these platforms, it's just kind of like, like I said with you, oh, I'm push record and I'm just. Listen. Yeah, I remember. You know, speaking of grandmothers, um, you know, my grandmother, my mother's side, who I who I spent a lot of time with, she was great. I miss her every day. She was so mm-hmm. she was so sweet. Anyway, um, <clears throat> grandmother on my father's side, she was uh, she was really fair skinned, almost white passing. Like I, I kid you not. And granted, you can't see that in me. <laughs> you can't see it in me. But um, for years, I thought she was white. As a kid, because I didn't know. That's how fair skinned she was. And um, my aunt, 
who is kind of her caretaker now she goes and visits her asked her one day did you ever think about being white passing like did you ever think about going and living in that world as a white person and she was like hell no <laughs> <laughs> like no way absolutely not because you know what she doesn't understand about my grandmother is she grew up middle class like upper middle class in a time mm. where they just didn't really exist she did she was she was doing very well for herself and she her all her friends were doing very well for this that she had this ecosystem of middle class black people and she just felt like she didn't need anybody else would just say that for nothing for nothing why would i why would i need to pass what i'm doing wonderful right as i am as i stand here right now and i was like that's 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 crazy like that sort of stuff the billy and granted she doesn't remember any of that she's uh advanced stages of all all timers but gotcha. kim does and kim asked her you know before before all of this mm -hmm. um these stories and that stuff is just like oh that's so great i would yeah. love i wish yeah. i wish she remembered because i would love to pick your brain on what that life was like mm -hmm. what it was like how it was you know when when when, she, when i was younger i didn't have the, the love for it and now that i have a love for it i want to know and she can't yes. tell me yes <laughs> yes yes, yes. Well, brother just continue to you know do what you're doing and you know i'm sure nah, i'm giving awesome. out some stuff this is i know we're recording but this is i look at it like like you said if you have a, a family member that might not remember do she have a close friend or do she have yeah. some high school you know friends who are still around that maybe she was close to or is close to that maybe you can you know get that side of the story you know what i'm saying it, there are yeah. resources are available that even now as we talk i'm working on bringing more experienced people like you right. said that that's been around to where it's like young man i'm like well thank you that makes me feel good young yeah man, yeah what yeah, you're yeah. doing is great and <laughs> I, I don't mind sharing you know my my overcomings to to, yeah. to to your audience or to your listeners so it was funny you mentioned that because um i have a homie who um we go hoop at this rec center uh near us and they have a uh kind of a old i don't want to say old people group but it's like you know senior citizen older black lady older black man senior citizens group in a black community where you can come because it's a retirement community nearby and they can come there and hang out and talk and they asked my homie if he could come in and talk about black history this this uh this month and i was just over i was over here i heard talk about how she did you know talk about marcus garvey and all that stuff and you know i hear that stuff my ears my antenna stopped perfect. I was like, what are we talking about so i talked to him about it <laughs> and i was like talking to them man is my greatest fear because like once I like I told you, they lived through this stuff. They remembered it. They remembered it. And and for you to come in and to talk about things as you read it versus somebody who lived it, lived them it. things might not clash. And I don't want to come in here and tell you a story that is completely different from the way from the way that you remembered it. Or like you I come in here and be like and and I'm like, you know, Linda B. Johnson did this, and they're like, Linda B. Johnson sucks. So <laughs> right, right, right. I'm like you know so for me that actually like like my worst fear i don't want to come in here and teach you about your history i would i want i want you to tell me <laughs> let me learn let yeah. me learn from you i want to yeah. sit here and be a fly on the wall yeah. and listen to how you interpret that history Absolutely. not be coming here and, and come in here and tell you you know about you know 
WB EB Du Bois, and you're like, yeah. I remember him. He was terrible. Like, Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of us can't assess that though. Oh man, I get a chance to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, what about your audience though? Your audience got way yeah. more knowledge than you. Yeah. That's lived yeah. it and experienced it. Yeah, what can it. you do they to captivate or grab their attention? Yeah. And, that and I is think true. I think my friend had the greatest because I, I warned him of this. I was like, yo, don't go in there trying to be preaching to them and tell them about the history that they live that's going to be weird he's like nah what I'm going to do is try to tie this in to you know how we feel it now the history and then how that applies to African Americans right now because this is the part they're missing the newer that newness and I was like ah that makes sense I yeah. like that I like yeah. that well you didn't need my pep talk then. <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> you didn't need that pep talk from me facts facts the last thing I have, man, and we spoke about, like, the veterans on the court. I have to bring up basketball. I played basketball. This is part of, of the foundation of Why Not Sports, yeah, right? Miss Lucia Harris, uh, may she rest in peace. She was the first woman drafted by the NBA. I remember seeing The New Orleans Jazz. Yep, 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 yep. So I want to just kind of give her a shout out, and then to see the WNBA in the women's game, whoo, growing merchandise sales, viewership. So I just want yeah, to they take got that a huge time. investment from Nike, like seventy-five yes. million. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. So for her to be that icon, and like you said, I'm mad that. We didn't give her more love yeah. mainstream to where I was like, yo, so because of her, I'm doing more of some country boy. I, I need to go to these, you know, I won't say books now we have internet. I need to go back to who are the trailblazers or who are around at a certain time who are known or impactful because their stories right. aren't being told until they're no longer here. And I, I don't like that part uh, of that. So, and that's that's the wonderful thing I think about what what we do is that it gives us a platform to talk about people who didn't, who you may not have heard of, or you may not, you know, have gotten recognized. And this is why, I like, man, I don't know. I've been on a tear lately on on my Ida B Wells. I've been pushing, I've been pushing her because I just don't really feel like she ever really got her due based on the sacrifices that she made and the things that she was doing for black for black people she was she was a trailblazer for the talking about lynchings and and the uh, uh fallacies of lynchings you know she went she spent her entire career as a journalist writing about about lynchings and the things that happened to black people especially during 1892 to 1895 she had multiple two books just dedicated to that subject about um about lynchings and in 1895 when she was um at the height of her fame when frederick Douglass died there was some talk about her being possibly being the the face of of black people of the civil rights you know movement early civil rights movement because this is in 1800 mm -hmm. um ultimately though we like what her happened with her like what happened with shirley chisholm that shirley chisholm has a mo moment where she's like um I face more hate for being a woman than being black because men are men. Misogyny still exists. So 
one of the reasons why she didn't get chosen is because they, you know, and that was a time when when people, not just black people as a whole, society as a whole, one of their women meek and quiet, like don't don't, don't mm-hmm. talk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So having her being the face of already a difficult movement, you know. But that, but that doesn't stop me from saying that she was an awesome individual, and, need, and and we need to talk about her and 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 and, and to be more. We need to say do more and talk about her more. <laughs> mm-hmm. I told the dude I'm on uh, uh, March March 25th. It's Ida B. Wells Day. That's the day she passed. That's, in my mind, that's me. That's my yeah, holiday. Absolutely, <laughs> that's real. Again, that's respect, though, man. And and what you said, what you are continuing to do, man, is needed, and and, and as well overdue for us including myself yeah. and those uh avid you know uh, no, podcasts and I, and I love what you're doing this is i'm I, i'm impressed with with that that idea that that, that and maybe i kind of you know helped you to look more into a sports history and to delve into that that's awesome I, yeah. yo that's what's up let's do it yeah <laughs> we need more of that like, like yeah i'm i'm being honest man because it's still not being told because the world is so fast. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. we get older, it slows down for us. But the way mm-hmm. the media outlets and just, it's just make it so fast where we just don't, you know what? Let's. And somebody like Lucille Harris, who I had no idea, I had no idea. Yes. That she was drafted. And the fact that that that, that name is coming gone. Two, two seconds. Hi, right, Lucille Harris. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You mentioned she got drafted? How? Well, I need to learn more. Nah, we already on something else. Did you see Westbrook last night? Did you see LeBron? <laughs> like, exactly. You don't get a chance to actually exactly. look or deep dive in anything. That that beam of the of the sports media is so quick. It's like, okay, we're looking here. All right, moving on. We've done something else. Our beam is focused in another place. I'm like, nah. Can we look do something or, or delve into something for more than two seconds? Fifteen yes, sir. seconds. So that's where I'm at. That's 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 good. That's good. That's good. But no, I appreciate you, brother. This is a uh, part of uh, our mission. Yeah, yeah. I like to think of it as a as a mission. And 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 I I would like to double back at some point in future seasons and do more black entertainers. Um, I have ideas of doing like a entire maybe an entire Motown season, an entire like sports sports season where I just talk about um, trailblazers and they don't have to necessarily be political. Just talking yeah, about their story yeah. and 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 their accomplishments and how great they were, even if that's just on their field of play. I feel like, you know, the Jim Browns and the Muhammad Ali's and the, and the Jack Johnson's and, the, you know, the Michael Jordan's they, uh, or the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they, we, I owe that. We owe that to them to tell, it, to tell that story and not it's just sound like a freaking book report, but to get out there and tell that and tell that story in a in a very Different natural, lens natural way. To, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be dope. I don't know when that's gonna be, but it's definitely it's definitely coming. <laughs> We're on the same page and, and, and this is that's why I love what we do. Because you kinda like you said, before we recorded, I, I knew what I wanted to do. Murph, what sets your show apart or your brand apart? Especially why not sports. Well, I've been able to speak. And this is me giving out the gym. I, somebody might try to listen right now and take it. I tell people, what's for me is for me. No matter what I put out, I can give you all the tools. You still can't be able to do it. But anyway. No. No. 
But people, people will try and they'll fail. It's not, it's not easy out here because it's not genuine. Like you said, this no. is a craft to be able to be the Renaissance or a Renaissance man. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. pride in listening and and now having a platform. I was again my grandmother, my uncles, my aunties. I was that little boy. Just yeah, and, wow. and it's important for you to have a passion for it. Like you gotta love it. Like yeah. I, that passion. Yeah. It shows people see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you come in here, and this is one of the reasons I have a problem I have with a lot of podcasters. Mm. I don't feel like it's genuine. I feel like they think that it's a pathway to success or that it's an easy uh way to get their name out there. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Years. And if you don't Yes, exactly. Years. And if you don't have a passion for it, if you don't love it, then you quickly get burned out with the lack of success or the fact that you're not getting what you think you should be getting out out of this um but because i have a passion for it the you know i'm not saying it's not a lack of success i think i think i do very pretty well you know (laughs) i think i do pretty well but um if you don't think hey why am i not joe rogan yet you're gonna be upset you're gonna be disappointed constantly by this and that's that's the part that I'm like, yo, you gotta love it. You, ha- you yeah. have to love it. And that's and even even when I talk about kids in that YouTube channel, you know, because you don't have to be a podcaster. I know for the, the kids, that's what they like. Um, you gotta have a, whatever you do, you better have a passion for it because it's not gonna be overnight. It's a grind. It's constantly a grind. You know, my YouTube channel right now has like you know about two thousand two thousand followers, but it took me a, a year and a half, two years to get to that point. This is not. You don't you don't get to twelve million followers <laughs> overnight. No, it's a constant, absolute constant grind. You That's know, good. and you, and then, and and you need to be committed to it, and and yeah. you, that commitment to come through love, through the love of it. That's it, man. That's that's a beautiful thing, and we hit on people that either didn't get the flowers, as they say, while they were here, or or the recognition, and. You still got to do it for the love and the passion. Yeah. You yeah. know, we just and, established that. And and the people who don't, who didn't get their flowers or don't get their recognition, is, those are the ones I like, I like to do the most. When I'm, when I'm doing, I like to call it my press tour, but <laughs> when I'm doing making the rounds, you know, advertising for the new season, uh, one of the things that I like to do is just, is talk about people who didn't who who people are not aware of or didn't get their flowers and even if you are aware of them i want to talk about the story that you don't that you don't know like mm-hmm. yeah you know about muhammad ali and you know that he was an amazing boxer probably the greatest boxer of all time but did you know that he lost three years of his career Come on. because he was fighting for his convictions did you know that part yeah. you know that's the stuff yeah. or like somebody like jim brown you know quit at the height the height he was only nine ten years in the game when he decided to walk away from this like that kind of stuff, man. You don't do you do you know? Like you know these guys are great, but do you know like the crust? Like that that crust, that stuff that 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 makes people cringe a little bit, or that, that people have no idea. That's that's what the gems are. If yes, you sir. learn so much from people, or from their story, from finding out one how they became famous, or like uh, 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 what were the controversial topics or the things that they did that that reshaped society. You know that that's the that's what I like to hear about. You know, I mean, it's great to hear you win. You won boxing matches, or you score thirty points a game. Mm-hmm. But what did you do? What did you do to change society? You know, if you were great, you were great. You had a platform. What did you do to change society? There it is. So there it is. Well, country boy, 
the listeners, I know. Merv, time is flu. It's over an hour and ten minutes, yeah. Merv. Yeah. Merv. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife gonna be knocking again? on the door soon. I can, I I can see know. it. She's gonna be like, So hey, that's what I'm about to babe. tell you. <laughs> Let the world know how they can find you as well as uh listen to your platform. Right. You can listen to um find me, listen to me at onemichistory.com. This is uh where I have all it's my webpage. It's got all my um all my links. You can listen to whatever platform you love. Also, like I mentioned, I have a YouTube channel. It's also there. You can please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I post all of my videos the same day they release on in podcast form on YouTube. I have like a little Ken Burns style documentary. I think it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, if you want to just talk to me or DM me, you can find me on Twitter at one mic history, at one mic history, and on IG at one mic underscore history. I'm out here. Find me, talk to me, reach out to me. I love to talk history. I want to pick your brain. I want to, you know, know your ideas. Chop it up. Let's do it. Chop it up. Chop it up, y'all. Make sure you reach out to Country Boy. Check him out. Real dope brother, as you can see clearly. Um, someone I love bringing on, a, you know, a, to the brand and just, you know, what I'm saying just just do what we do. The world first time listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Avid listeners. What up? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at isdmurf. Find the why not sports page. Why not sports underscore uh, email email website www.dmurfspeaks.com. Be sure to uh, leave me a note. And uh, some more dope heat coming I do have something lined up For Black History Month One more dope episode So thank you Country I Boy for wait. helping me Get this uh, thing in uh, Black History Quote unquote month no, started man. For, uh, for no, the man, I love business. it. I love it, thank you <laughs> <laughs> Yes sir, well world Country Boy, he out The big homie out, we love y'all Until next time, until next week Keep grinding Keep the faith Keep on running.